everybody and welcome to today's podcast. My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and inspiration. Of all the work that I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your self-care and your well-being. So hello and welcome to our podcast. If you've not joined us before, you are in for a treat. Now, today we are focusing on the lost art of storytelling. And we're going to be considering how you can bring more storytelling opportunities into your day and into your natural rhythm of the day. While also thinking about the provision that you've currently got in place for creating communication and imaginative opportunities. So shall we get stick in? Now, humans have been telling stories since time began as a way to connect, entertain, and pass along important survival information. Storytelling was often a way of making sense of the world, finding out about the dangers, things to avoid, and also as a way of solving problems. Now, when I was little, every Christmas, I'd go along to my auntie and uncle's house. And I would love the time spent when my uncle would tell us all about the times when he was a young lad and the kinds of adventures he got into. Sometimes these involved a little bit of trouble and how these problems were overcome. And I would find myself so gripped by these stories and picturing them in my mind as he told me about them. Now, we know as well that listening to and experiencing stories is a good way of switching off after a really busy day. How many of you love going to the cinema, watching your favourite TV show or, or soap? Perhaps picking up a book as well to help you switch off after a busy day. We know that storying just transports us to another world. It gives us the permission to dream, to go back in time or even to transport us to another world. Now, storytelling has been around for thousands and thousands of years. In fact, it's actually ingrained in our DNA. Yet the art of storytelling is getting lost. With the advancements to technology and the imbalance that this can cause for excessive screen time, we are seeing and feeling the impact of this on the young children that we work with today. We feel probably as educators that they haven't got those language skills that we would have seen 10 or 20 years ago. Perhaps we're working with children now that don't understand how to play with open-ended materials. Maybe children are less used to using their imagination because they haven't had the exposure to the stories or they've not had the chance to have unstructured time where they can think outside of the box. Now, don't lose hope. Storytelling doesn't have to die. We have the power as early educators to do something about this. We can take action today and make progress in the way your children love and tell stories as they grow up and they get older. So let's begin by exploring what a good story needs. So every story involves having a character a or maybe a group of characters that come across a problem, usually while they're on a journey. 
Story needs to take place in a setting or a place, and it's organised with a sense of time. Things happening at the beginning, the middle and the end. First, second, next, etc. So you only have to think back to the stories that you listened to as a child. These could be the traditional tales that you listened to. Maybe you had some favourite stories. It could have been a Disney film. Or it could be the types of stories that are part of your family about the kind of antics that your older family members got up to when they were younger. So one of the best ways that we can start by embracing a little bit more storytelling into our everyday routine is by getting a little group together, heading outside and retelling a familiar story. I used to love telling the traditional tale of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Now, if you're lacking in confidence a little bit, I'd always start with a small group and make sure you know the story really well before you set off telling it. Because I like to tell a story without a book, without having the physical thing there. That way we can really bring it to life through expression and emotion and hand gestures. So have a go, think about what story you really like, a story that you feel comfortable with because you know it so well. So it could be Goldilocks and the Three Bears, or you might want to try one of the other traditional tales like Little Red Riding Hood, Hansel and Gretel, Jack and the Beanstalk, Billy Goat's Gruff, or maybe even more of a modern day tale like The Gruffalo. So if you're a little bit worried that you're going to forget some of the main parts of the story, or you're going to get it into the wrong order, or forget something a character says, why not draw yourself a simple story map? You can just do this on a simple slip of paper and use it Characters. Maybe you'll give your familiar stories a little bit of 
place than usual places. Places that add a little bit more magic to a story. Perhaps a wood makes it special. I said it's a place called Malin in North Yorkshire. It's an area full of lots of limestone paving that's been naturally formed. And my children had a story sat on top of this unusual limestone paving. And this was just wonderful. As we were working there, telling the story, I brought them into the scenario as well, talking about how the area looked and smelt and felt. And using this and the ideas that we can take from the natural surroundings to help them predict what might happen in the story or make some suggestions. So when you're picking your settings, the more unusual, the better, but encourage your children to engage in all of those senses. And, you know, don't just leave it to your well-known stories, but maybe make some stories up of your own as well. I love getting children around a campfire, maybe at the end of a forest school session, and retelling stories that I might have gone through personally myself. Um, perhaps of times when I went to the woods as a child and I would tiptoe around looking really carefully for the different woodland animals I could see, asking them, what might I have seen if I was a little girl looking in the woods? And then I would start a story from there. So, well, one day, as we peered through the trees in the woods, we spotted two large eyes staring back at us. That's the kind of thing that I would say and do, creating a level of suspense. You might want to add in some different sound effects as well, maybe musical instruments. As your confidence continues to blossom, maybe build the stories with the children as you're telling these. Maybe start off with a familiar story, but then as you're journeying around the area you're telling it in, maybe you find an unusual object, like a suitcase or an old hanging key, and ask the children, where could this be found? How could this come into the story? So that you're really encouraging children to build on their imagination as well. So I have just talked about a few ideas there. Some of the other things that I've tried before is taking some inspiration from Aladdin and going on a magic carpet ride with the children, using this as a way of going on a journey and making up our own stories. I've also told stories in familiar settings to the children. So it might be that we're sat um, in our outdoor area in our classroom and I'm saying, well, once upon a time, there was a lady who worked in a school. And one day, the telephone rang and Mrs Peckham had to answer the phone. Oh, Mrs Peckham, we know Mrs Peckham, don't we? Mrs Peckham works in our school office. I wonder who could be ringing her. So I like to bring in the people that the children are familiar with. Again, this adds that element of excitement to the story. Now, you know your children best and you'll know if this is relevant or not but I've brought in the children from the class into the stories as well. So Mrs Peckham answered the phone and discovered that it was Thomas's mum calling up. She had a very important message to give. And then as you're telling that, you know Thomas, you know he's a confident little boy. You can see that look of excitement on his face. Wow, I'm part of this story. I wonder what's going to happen. His friends next to him are looking at him. Oh, wow, our friend is in the story. 
So you can see how then the storytelling becomes really infectious. And we know that children love to copy what we're doing. We, they love that element of imitation. How many of you will have seen the children copying the way you do the register on a morning? That's because they are taking on board what you're learning and they're making links with that. And the same thing can happen here with the story aspect too. So if you're doing lots of modeling of story in outside, then the children are going to pick up on this and they're going to find that they start doing it as well. So then we can make some enhancements to our outdoor area to create even more opportunities so maybe having paper and long rolls of paper outside and drawing the map that the characters have been on during the journey in your story and then encouraging the children to make maps as well. Having real maps outside that you use and say, oh, where can I see on this map? Is that St. Robert's Park? How could we get there? Let's go. Then enhancing your area with different types of books. I saw a lovely idea um, of a little library that had been set up in the outdoor area of a nursery, just like some of the little libraries that have been set up in local communities. And all it was was um, almost like a, a bird box that had some books inside and it had a little door on it so that the books would stay dry if the weather changed and children could just self-select the books that they wanted to read. Again, it's going to spark that excitement for an adventure story. I'd also have adventure rucksacks set up with different um, adventure themes. So maybe a jungle theme where you'd have some stories about the jungle, some information books about the animals that live there, maybe some binoculars and some um, dressing up clothes to support that interest. You might also have some puppets outside, an outdoor puppet theater, especially if you have the experience of being near a beach and children have seen some of those traditional um, puppet stories being told at the seaside, like the Punch and Judy. Um, maybe having a stage in your outdoor area, part of your provision that's always there to promote that love of storytelling and entertaining. I saw an idea where someone had used a shower curtain as well so that the stage could be set up and left out all year round without the worry of the weather damaging it. Think about if you are planning your outdoor area about having different walkways, different sensory paths, maybe walkways that are covered with tunnels and willow um, to create that excitement and journeying element having lots of opportunities for dressing up clothes, with fabric and props, maybe investing in some garden mirrors so children can see what they look like and they can build up that picture of themselves as storytellers and it will empower them. Um, having things like a post box outside so children can be writing letters and posting these perhaps to different characters Maybe they're going to be um, acting in role as one of the three bears and they've made a letter for Goldilocks and they need to post it. Um, alongside this, having all your open-ended den making equipment as well so that you can use this to create different scenes for your stories. 
I also like the use of story stones so that we can use these um, as a way of giving us ideas or thinking up of a way that we could change the ending perhaps to a particular well-known story. So once you've gone through modeling lots of stories and telling them yourself in your outdoor area, you'll see the children are starting to play with those ideas. And then when you're really noticing children are loving stories and they're telling them themselves, this is where I want you to carefully tune into them and listen in and find out how children make sense of the world. Scribe these stories down. Take time to listen and understand those elements of the story that children are using in their play. So who are the characters that they've got? What is the problem that happens? And then how do the characters solve that problem? And when you start tuning into this, it really unlocks so much information about the way the child understands the learning and how they face difficulties and how they overcome them. Now, I would scribe the story down for the child. I would read it back to them. And then we would make the story really powerful by acting it out with a group of children. So there you go. That's my way of bringing stories to life. That's my way of trying to renew an interest in storytelling. When many people describe it as a dying art form, I want to bring it back and I want to give that power and that inspiration to you so that you can do the same. So I'd love to know how you get on. If you've listened to this podcast and you found it useful or you've tried any of the ideas from the show, then let me know. Send me a direct message on Instagram. Drop me an email. Add it to your Instagram stories and share it with somebody else. Okay, well, I'm going to head off now, but I do hope that you try some of these ideas and I'll catch you next week when we look at some more exciting ways of bringing learning to life. Okay, well, have a great weekend. Bye.